Hello everyone, Bruce, still an alcoholic and addict. Good to be here. This is this has gotten to be one of my favorite meetings. And um it's uh starting out to be a beautiful day here in Georgia in the US. So uh a good start. I was a I was a late blooming alcoholic. I I really didn't get started into heavy alcoholism until I retired. Um it was it was very strange. I, I grew up in a very stable, loving family. Um the uh I guess the only thing that was a little strange was <clears throat> there was no controversy because it was not allowed. Um <clears throat> my father was famous when when things would start to get a little edgy in conversation, he would just say, Okay, let's talk about something pleasant. And that was the end of that. So you just didn't deal with it. And uh, <clears throat> that caused a lot of repressed feelings and things like that. But uh, but it was OK. Uh, we were a church going family, went to the Presbyterian church every Sunday. I sang in the choir, all this stuff. And, uh, you know, I just never questioned any, anything about it. Got off to college. My roommate and I would. Uh, sorry, my roommate and I would go down to the tavern to learn to like beer. Well, that was a mistake and because we really did. And so I, I drank a lot in college, uh, but only really on weekends, uh, got through college. I met my wife there. Um, we got married. We made the decision early, actually before marriage, that we were just, we were not going to have kids. It was just going to be the two of us. Uh, that was a decision she had made earlier. And, you know, I just never really thought about it. But it's not something you can compromise on. So it was either not marry her or move on uh, or move on or marry her. So the more I thought about it, hey, I like the idea. Uh, in fact, I'm so sure now that we made the right decision. But she also opened my eyes to the idea of religion a little bit more. She was a very intellectual person, unlike me at the time. And we had discussions about religion and life and everything else. And and I began to realize that uh, things I was assuming were true just didn't make sense. And uh, <clears throat> I guess I was in my late 20s, early 30s that I really became a confirmed atheist. And it... You know, it was just the way it worked for me. It made sense to me. I'm a, I'm a science person. I'm a biologist. And uh, and the image behind me taken by the Webb telescope is just another confirmation to me of the fact that there just can't be uh, a power that's going to create all of this. How How could one entity create all of this? This image behind me is a picture of the sky about the size of a grain of rice. And uh, it was made over several days, the exposure. And it's showing the, these dots are not stars. They're galaxies. They're galaxies made up of billions of stars. The space between them is billions of light years. I mean, that's incompre incomprehensible. And <clears throat> the fact that somebody says, okay, this, this entity made all this and gives a damn that you're sober just <laughs> doesn't, doesn't click. So, um <clears throat> that's kind of how my atheism got started and, and how I keep confirming it just by the existence around life.
you know, how, how can you attribute only the good things to God and not the bad things? Uh, you know, it, it, uh, was he not paying attention when you had that car wreck, even though you survived? He allowed you to survive the car wreck, but was he not paying attention when you had the wreck? You know, these, these things just don't work. So I'm not going to get off on the religion part, but <clears throat> that was how I came to that idea. Why did I drink? Well, that's a good question. I, uh, <clears throat> I was in my 60s when I started to drink heavily. Uh, I would look forward to the, the end of the day coming where that was my start of drinking heavily. And, uh, and so I had to do it because I didn't, I was beginning to lose control. Part of the biggest part was when I had my knees replaced and they put me on hydrocodone. Oh my gosh, that was amazing. And, uh, it, it was a high. I remember sitting on the couch, taking that hydrocodone. And it was like, oh, man, what a buzz. And um, <clears throat> so then as my prescription began to wear out, my knee was OK. I'd begin to come up with other excuses to get more hydrocodone. And then that buzz was not working as well. So I said, well, hey, alcohol's legal. Let me just kick in a little bit of alcohol to help this along. <clears throat> well, that worked. And so I began to drink all day. I would hide bottles in the basement, in the boat, and under the bed, anywhere. Whenever we went somewhere, I always had a flask or a bottle or something where I could make sure I had something to drink. I would get frantic if I didn't. And it was an all-day affair. It began to affect my behavior, my balance, my moving around, everything like that. And so I had lost control. And um, I got into the situation where I was wobbly. I was not clear, uh, all these kinds of things. And my wife thought I was getting into early Alzheimer's. And uh, she was really getting worried about me. And um, then one day I was coming up from the basement after refilling my under the bed bottle. And she's, what are you doing? <clears throat> then she realized what was going on. She took my bottle and was pouring it down the sink. I had a meltdown. I was curled up on the couch, just crying and wailing, you know, what have you done? What have you done? Uh, you know, and so she called my nephew who gave her some help and advice and called 911. Well, that's the best thing that could have ever happened to me. <clears throat> they, I did what I call my perp walk, uh, walking out the driveway to the ambulance. The neighbors are out going, what's wrong with Bruce? What's the matter? Are you okay? No, I'm just drunk. Uh, that was a real humbling experience. Got in the ambulance, went to the hospital, went to detox. That was grand. Went into a rehab center, and these people were great. They, they made me realize that it was not just pure stupidity on my part, but it was a weakness that I had that other people didn't, that I was not a normal drinker. And, uh, man, I knew that. So rehab saved my life. And, but when I walked out of rehab, I thought, I thought, Hey man, I've got this now. This is cool. I'm good. I don't need to drink, but I walked out those doors into the real world and realized what I had done, how I had almost destroyed a 52 year, year marriage. My wife had packed her bag ready to go. And, uh, it was just because I wanted to drink. I wanted to stay high. Uh, amazingly, she stuck with me. 
she quit drinking because I did. That was incredibly supportive. And uh, what has kept me sober? Well, a lot of it is her and her willingness to give up something that she loved. But she could do it. She didn't have this obsession that I did. And and so I was able to realize that, hey, man, I'm, I can't let her down for this. And then I started to come to AA meetings. <clears throat> I went to an in-house meeting <clears throat> a couple of times before COVID really shut everything down. Walked into the meeting not knowing what in the hell to expect. There was a, a woman about my age sitting at a table. She beckoned me over and told me a little bit about AA and how it worked. Then the meeting started and they started doing chips and they went through all the white all the way through and then they came back to the white chip and they said okay one more chance do you really want to stay sober i put my hand up this big old guy with a big beard bushy beard came over and gave me this bear hug welcoming to the group and everything and man that felt so good i realized that hey man there are people out there that give a shit what i'm doing they're going to help me out and that was just so comforting. I looked around the room at all these people that were some like me, some totally unlike me. Well, that didn't matter. But we had this commonality of we're not going to drink and we're going to help each other not drink. I got a sponsor that day and uh, he was a good starting sponsor. He helped me out. Um, but we didn't stick together because of the God thing. And uh, that actually caused me to lose a couple of sponsors. And um, but I moved on. I got into Zoom meetings and picked up another sponsor who I thought understood my my lack of religion. And that worked for a little while, too. But then he sent me a book on how to pray. So I knew that was not going to work out. And uh, and so uh, right now I don't have a sponsor. I'm just a free floating non drinker. Uh, and that's worked for me. I, I tend to like to do things myself. Uh, I like to solve problems myself. Um, I'm bad about not asking for help because I want to do it. I want to do it my way. I want to do it myself. Uh, so uh, that's working. I'm not drinking. I have no desire to drink. When I get in situations where drinking is happening, I'm fine. I've been to wine tastings when we're traveling. I don't drink. I've been to parties where I'm actually mixing drinks for other people. I'm okay. Uh, I really feel confident in my sobriety now, even though I'm, I'll only be three years in March. So I still think of myself as a rookie. And so, um, but the, the biggest thing that happened to me was, I guess it was last summer when I discovered secular meetings and the secular meetings just sort of closed the circle for me. They made me realize that, okay, I do fit in here. Because the other meetings, there was always this nagging thing about higher power that I couldn't I couldn't grab. I couldn't go with it. And they kept telling me that I have to have a higher power to be sober. And I didn't think that was true. And I have now found out it's not. Sure, AA is a higher power to me. This this group is a is a power to me. You guys get me up in the mornings. Why do I get my butt out of bed? earlier than I used to when I was drinking is because I want to go to a meeting. I want to see people. I want to say, hi, how are you doing over there? And, and it's really great to me. And, and I get support. Um, I still go to traditional meetings, two or three that I go to here and there because I like the people. I've become friends with the people. 
and they understand me and and when they when some of them get off on the god thing hey you know that's that's okay that's them it doesn't really rattle my cage or anything like that and i'm not going to try to talk them out of their religion i'm glad they have that comfort i don't need that comfort i don't need that and uh and so finding tesnua and free thinkers has has just been a, a great thing for me to close the circle on keeping my sobriety and keeping me sober to realize that I can do this from within me. Uh, I have the tools now to stay sober. I come here. I obviously like to talk. Uh, and I come here and talking is such a huge part of it to me. I can talk to you. I can say things that I would not say to another human because they wouldn't understand but you do and it's the understanding of the people in the groups that has has really helped me out so much and uh i'm just i'm just so grateful that i can be here and look at people from all over the world and say hey guys we're sober we're not going to drink uh and this is this is just so great uh and um i'm just glad to be here glad to see all of you and uh, have a have a great rest of your week. Thanks so much.